Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn. How to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of this Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Beverly Walltower. And she is a business strategist for women who work full-time and have an online business. I'm particularly excited to have her on the show because she's part of an amazing book that, that's really helping people dive into the journey into uh, this world that we live in. And she talks about many transition periods. She talks about her, her journey with fear and her, her journey into entrepreneurship. So really, really excited to have her share her tips and lessons for you as you step into your greatest self. Welcome to the show, Beverly. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. So before we, we dive into who you are, why don't you give the audience a an idea of this book that you're part of so that they can uh, understand what we're talking about today. Yes, thank you. Uh, the book, I am actually a co-author in this book. It's called Tying the Knot Between Ministry and the Marketplace. And I had the awesome opportunity to work with 11 other amazing Christian women. And in this book, we actually talk about how as women, we can still be successful in the marketplace. So that marketplace can be you as an employee or as an entrepreneur. You can still be successful and still hold on to your Christian values. So being true to who you are and not having to conform or compromise your values in order for you to have success. And so whatever your definition of success is. Mm-hmm. And how did, you, uh, how did you come to be part of this book? It was, you know, social media is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a post in a Facebook group by the publisher um, and I responded we did an interview. She was like, I need you in here. And I said, awesome. I want to be a part of this. Mm. <laughs> Although, um, you know, initially I said I would write a book, my my uh, autobiography, but I just wasn't quite ready for that stage yet. So this was actually the perfect opportunity to introduce me to this whole process of writing and to work with these other women that I had the opportunity to work with was amazing. So it was all God inspired. And I happened to see that post. I responded. We 
and as we say now, the rest is history. <laughs> hey, the rest, the rest is indeed history. But, but to go into your history, you, you're, um, you know, an educator. Uh, you start your entrepreneurship journey. You've dealt with fear, the ups and downs of all that. Can you talk about your chapter in this book? Because I find it that, you know, from what I've heard and what you've told me, it's, it sounds like a truly inspirational story. Yes. My particular chapter um, was very much based on what I've struggled with um, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as an employee. And that is fear. Mm. And um, with that, we're actually only born with two fears. That's the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So all of these other fears that we have, the fear of being seen, the fear of rejection, the fear of, you know, not being good enough. All of these other fears that we do have are, of course, birthed out of our own experiences. And so for me, my uh, professional journey started as an educator. I was a middle school math teacher for 14 years. And um, to pat myself on the back, I was very good at what I did. So as an educator, I was awesome. Mm. But there was something in me that wanted more. And I wasn't happy. And actually for me, the, when it really came to a head was actually the year I was nominated teacher of the year for my school, which, you know, as an educator, that's a huge honor. And at a time where I should have been like, oh, my God, you know, this is it. I have come, you know, I have arrived, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was actually really questioning myself and, you know, what it was that I was doing and was I actually really happy. And so, um, you know, that was right around the time a friend of mine was like, you know, well, Bev, I started a tutoring company. You should, too. And so I said, OK, hmm. <laughs> so. That was actually my preparation for starting a company. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, of course, this skill set, which, you know, I was an educator. I, was, I taught math, so I knew how to, you know, help other students learn. But I did not have the business sense, um, the business mindset. And so what happened was eventually fear took over. And it was, you know, I was able to get clients and I had some income, but it wasn't what it was when I was teaching. So it was like, oh, my God, what if I get sick or what if I can't sign another client? Like I'm making up these whole what ifs about things that didn't that hadn't even happened. And so eventually, like that fear drove me back to what I was secure with, which was being a teacher. Like I knew, you know, I would work Monday through Friday. I would have the weekends off. You know, I knew what days I was going to have off in the summer. I knew, you know, how much I was going to contribute every month to my retirement. Like everything was so structured and secure for me. So I let fear drive me back to what I was secure about. Wow. 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 That's it. You know, you're saying that and I, I'm reminded of just, you know, personal experiences I've had, and especially once you leave the security of the quote unquote, you know, job with benefits and all that. I remember diving into that entrepreneurship journey, especially as a very young man in my twenties thinking, Oh my goodness, what have I done? What have I done? And you know, there's no guarantee to income. And I remember those lean months thinking, was this even worth it? And I, I, I felt like the pressure of society, I felt, you know, this is superficial, but I felt, you know, just thinking, wow, everybody's going to be watching me fail. And this is a very public failure. So when people are in that moment where they have the fear of what other people are, are looking at them, the fear of perception and the fear of, you know, their limiting beliefs, how do you suggest that we break out of these moments? And that uh, actually is, Part of my chapter, I do provide just a couple of strategies actually to help you push past that. And, you know, there are a number of things that you can do. 
But a few of those things that I actually suggest you do to kind of, you know, push past those boundaries that we're actually, it's things that we're putting on ourselves, ourselves. And so just a couple of things I really and truly believe in is, is journaling. So, you know, those doubts, those fears, like they're going to pop up. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey. Like it's going to always be some little voice that's like nagging you. And so it's like, okay, you know what? I acknowledge that, you know, that I had this thought or this concern or this fear. But, you know, actually acknowledge it. You know, you can do that in writing and then reframe it. You know, so once again, when that what if pops up, you know, what if I don't get a client? You know, reframe it and say, well, what happens if I get five clients? You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to take it and turn it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely one strategy that you can use to kind of, you know, reframe that when that fear does, you know, kick in. Mm. And then uh, I love the aspect of, you know, what you're saying. You, you reframe, you make sure that you <laughs> position yourself as someone that can and not someone that can't. You know, you're <laughs> giving yourself that, that, um, that permission to actually do and go out and grab those things. But you're also making sure that fear doesn't keep you from the situation that you, you feel like you can get. There was, uh, there's this great thing that, you know, regardless of what you think of Steve Harvey, because he's had some mm-hmm. interesting, mm-hmm. interesting moments this year. But mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he talks, he talks about the uh, the importance of jumping, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and his his analogy was: you've got to jump before you got. You need to get to where you want to get to, and you're gonna hit those rocks. You're gonna tumble. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be scratched, cut, and all that. But in order for you to ultimately get there, those scratches, those rocks, those things mm-hmm. you've hit, they are the the essential platform that you will eventually stand on to get to that ultimate destination. And, 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 and that, you know, those experiences are things that you can never, ever, ever substitute for, um, you know, substitute, basically. Because if you don't go through those things, you're just going to have those thoughts in your head. And if you have those thoughts in your head, they're never going to be materialized. And having that, un- that ability to jump and expecting the neck to appear is one thing that people... In different cultures, not in the Western culture, people in different cultures like my background, I'm Nigerian, have not come to uh, to terms with sometimes. They, mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, parents often always say, uh, at least this is very personal, this is just my experience, always say, if you're not a lawyer, engineer, or doctor, mm-hmm. what are you? So uh, my generation, millennials, often deal with that, that, you know, that perplexing decision where they have their parents who's paid for their education and they expect them to do something. But they have an internal dialogue with themselves where they feel like they can be much more. I know you mm-hmm. talked about the importance of journaling, but I'm more interested now after hearing that journaling experiences, how can we talk to our youth and talk to our, our younger generations who are in different parts of the world and show them that, okay, I know you're dealing with this, rest, this, this perplexing di- dilemma, but you should still pursue your dreams regardless mm-hmm. of what your parents are telling you. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. It's having that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when as you were speaking about what Steve Harvey said, it made me think of a quote by um, one of my the people that I follow online. And she said, you know, take that leap and, you know, trust that the person that you will become will catch you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as we are, because once again, as a former educator, you know, educating when it comes to the youth, that's a special place for me. And, you know, as we are speaking to them, it's going to actually force us to push back some of our fears because we are actually, you know, going against what the way that we've been raised, just like you said. 
And so, you know, not only talking to our youth about stepping out on what I call faith, you know, just stepping out and doing, you know, those things that you are passionate about versus, you know, the traditional, this is, you know, go to, go to college, get a good job, retire. Like, I, I don't even think that's, uh, I just feel like that's the thing of the past, you know, having that type of route when there are so many other options out there. So I really and truly believe, you know, just speaking with your youth about the options and the possibilities out there and letting them know that, hey, it is okay for you to take that leap. But I think also like our own actions have to imitate what it is that we're saying. You know, we can't tell them, you know, hey, take the leap and, you know, start this business on the side. We have that own desire and passion, but then we stay stuck in what our norm is because we're actually afraid to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know the funny thing with, with that leap thing is is if we're going to actually impact the youth, we have to be relatable. And one mm-hmm. of the ways that we can be relatable is if we can talk to certain failures that we've had because mm-hmm. that's what they have. They're like, oh, what about if I fail? What about blah, 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 blah. And then you can say, well, I've done it. I failed. Mm-hmm. I'm still standing right here. And this is what I did to get out of that. And that, in my experience at least, when I talk to, to people younger than me, they feel much more comfortable hearing those type of stories because uh, media has sort of made it look like overnight success is a normal, normal day <laughs> thing. So, no, I, I love that so much. Um, so, you said you wanted to write a book. You said you've been, you've been, you've been an educator all your life and um, an entrepreneur right now. Why do you feel like your focus is women uh, who work full-time or have an online business? What about those two things really attracted you? And I love this question. I'm asked this question all the time. And for me, it is because just as you just stated, you know, I can relate to being that female that's working full time in either one in a career that I was so miserable in or even on that flip side, being in a career that I love because I was awesome at what I did. But still, there was something in me that needed something more. And that something more was for me to be able to create financial and time freedom. And operating on someone else's clock doesn't allow me that all the time. So if my child has an event that I need to attend and I have to check the calendar to see, okay, do I have PTO? Okay, no, I don't. But okay, can someone cover like not having to do that? And so I feel that as women, you know, we spend a lot of time taking care of other people, but not ourselves. And so for me to be able to work with women exclusively, exclusively to let them know that, hey, you know, you can, you know, as you're still working full time, you know, you have your family. So you may be a wife, a mother, um, you know, active in your community, serving in your in your church, you know. But if you have that desire to be that entrepreneur, you can do that. And when I use the the phrase have it all, um, you know, you can whatever your all is. And so for me as a strategist to be able to help women realize that dream, that has been an incredible experience for me. No, no, I, I can only imagine. And the thing that I'm picking up from you and even, you know, I've been interviewing for a long time and just talking, a lot of the, the businesses that people start, the most successful ones, the most fulfilling ones, it actually starts from their story. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that they can relate to. You know, people often think that their experience is, is, is independent to them, that no one cares about their story. So why create a business out of that? But the most fulfilling businesses I've found are ones that people created out of a need for themselves. And just because it's, they're growing as they're building the business, 
but they're also building and inspiring other people that might not be brave enough to do what they're doing in the same time. Um, so how have you, that's not the way, how have you put your story into your business? How have you made your story part of your business uh, on a daily basis? And for me, uh, it has completely been um, just like you mentioned earlier, sharing my story with, you know, it doesn't matter if it's in my Facebook group. It doesn't matter if I'm working one on one with a client, if I'm speaking from the stage, it doesn't matter. It's just like you said, letting them know that this is a process. You know, where I am now is not where I started. You know, when I started, I was struggling with X, Y, Z. Because once again, it allows them to see that, hey, this is possible for me as well. And then to let them know that even where I am now, I still, you know, I still struggle with certain things. And, you know, in that struggle, it doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with me. It doesn't mean that, you know, I need to stop what I'm doing because, oh, wait a minute. You know, I am having an issue with managing my time, you know, and it's like, okay, well, if you're doing this full time, why are you still struggling with management, you know, with time management? Don't you have all the time in the world? So, you know, it's just letting them know and allowing them to be able to relate. And, you know, letting them know that, hey, where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. And if you feel like there's something more, then don't stay stuck where you are. You can certainly have whatever it is that you are desiring. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's very, very well said. Now, you, you said you have kids as well. I actually I don't have kids. I was um, I had guardianship of my niece and nephew gotcha, for a gotcha. while. So I became an instant, you know, this the single woman with no kids became an instant parent Not <laughs> almost yeah, overnight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> that was eye opening. <laughs> yeah, talk about zero to zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, and the reason I brought this up is, is, is because um, a lot of, you know, women, when I talk to them, they do bring up that the kids being one of the reasons why they don't feel like they can pursue their dreams. Um, I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on that. Um, you know, for me, it was, first of all, a very humbling experience. But when my niece said to me one day, the, the job that I was working, I was, I traveled, which is something that I always wanted to do. I'm like, Oh my God, I always wanted to travel. And so when she said to me, you know, Auntie Deb, you're always gone. And that made me, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my God, she's right. You know, this stability that, you know, I wanted to give them, I'm actually kind of undoing that. And so for me, when that, when she said that and that hit me, I was just like, you know what? I need to leave a legacy for my children. And, and when I say my children in the sense that, you know, my nieces and nephew, I may not have biological kids. But, you know, my nieces and nephews are looking up to me, looking at me. And so, you know, to leave them that legacy of you have options, you know, and whether that option is, you know, when you're done with high school, whether or not you decide to do the military, you know, you go straight into the workforce, you decide to become an entrepreneur, you decide whatever those, you know, whatever you decide to do, know that there are options there. And so I feel sometimes, you know, we're so we had that tunnel vision of, okay, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you get another job, you get another job, and then you retire. Wow. And um, I just feel like, you know, just letting them know that they have options that, you know, being an entrepreneur is an option. Like it's not something for this elite group of people that, you know, you may see on television. Yeah. It is an option for you if that's something that you want. Yeah. I actually do think the more we, we grow, um, as we go into this world, more people will be freelancers slash entrepreneurs than um, full-time workers just because of the 
platforms we have, the digital mm-hmm. media and all that. So we need to create environments where people feel like they can share their expertise with you know with people all over the world. And we need to give them that confidence to do that because I, there are, there's a saying that there goes the richest place in the world is the graveyard because mm-hmm. of uh, all the ideas that were unmaterialized and all the, the dreams that never um, came to life. And, um, uh, you know, I really do admire what you're doing because you're, you're helping, you know, take away some of that, that, that uh, wealth from the, from the graveyard and, and spreading it into the world while most people are alive. So that's, uh, that's commendable. Um, inter- the interesting thing here, I, I always want to, we talked about your turning point when you realized that, you know, you, this is something you wanted to do. When it's all said and done, how do you want Beverly to be remembered? I will be remembered uh, as that woman that, you know, she may not have gotten everything right, but when she set her mind to doing something, she did. You know, she started her her day every day asking, you know, who can I serve today? And so that's how she started her day. And then she went throughout her day with that mantra in mind. And so she was able to serve people, specifically women, in a capacity that allowed them to realize their dreams as well, allowed them to know that they do have options, whatever that option is, you know, they were able to explore that fully because of the work that she did. Yeah. Wow. 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 What, what the legacy? That's quite a legacy. <laughs> that's, that's one. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't, obviously, I don't want you to die quickly, but I can't wait for, yeah. you, to, I can't wait for you to, to realize um, all those dreams. Um, all right. So, this book tour, can you talk more about this book tour and uh, when it ends and how people can participate? Yes. Uh, with the book tour, it's actually a virtual book tour. So it, it does allow me to uh, do various podcasts where I'm able to speak with different women just to let them know, once again, going back to the theme of the book, going back to the chapter of my book, you know, about fear and being able to push through fear to accomplish your goals, especially if it's that of being an entrepreneur. So this tour started back in May, and it will finish up and wrap up in December of 2017. And so if you certainly want to be a part of it, um, I would love to come out and speak. And also, you know, if you want to purchase the book, you can definitely do that as well. Mm. Well, where can they purchase the book and invite you to speak? Yes, they can actually reach me on my website, which is www.beverlywalkhour.com. They can also reach me on all social media platforms, which is my name, once again, Beverly Walkhour. So they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want to just leave like this. I, I want to make sure we, we get to know you a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you some ra- rapid fire questions. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite book of all time? Woo! The favorite book of all time. It has to be the Bible. I mean, that may sound a little clickish, but I mean, cliche is, but it is. <laughs> okay, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. Who's your favorite character in the Bible? Oh, we are going to go with, um, you know what? That proverb thirty-one woman. Ah, uh, the proverb thirty-one woman. Okay, yeah. So when okay. you say character, yeah, we're going to say her. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for those who don't know who the proverb thirty-one woman is, uh, what what are the virtues that? describe her oh my god and when you say that actually and i'm and i'm actually thinking about everything that we've just spoken about today you know Mm. this is the woman that you know she she takes care of her family but she also worked as well so she took care of outside of home as well she was deeply respected by her family her spouse her kids 
uh, the community. And so those are some of the key virtues of her. You know, she had her connection with God, so she was rooted in her spirituality as well. And those are some of the key qualities that stand out to me about her. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, you said, you, you know, traveling something that you, you've always wanted to do is what's your favorite country that you've been to so far? You know what? I have um, I've gone to Italy. Mm. And for me, <laughs> I think I had this probably because of what I saw on TV. Uh, of what Italy looks like. You know, I see this boot and I see, you know, the wine and the food. And actually, I was in Sigonella, which is more countryside. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, because I'm a country girl at heart. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, it wasn't what I saw on TV, but to see sheep in the field, it was a, it was amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> I am going to say Italy, Sigonella, which is where I visited. So it was amazing. <laughs> okay. Hey, Italy is a very popular destination for people. Yes, so. yes. No, 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 for sure. <laughs> and um, the last question I always ask my, my audience is, uh, this is the mission statement of my podcast. Use your difference to make a difference. It's my reason for doing anything. So how do you use your difference to make a difference? I use my difference to make a difference uh, in the way of really and truly letting people know that it's okay to be yourself. Mm. You don't have to compromise who you are mm. to have what you want to be. And I always say successful, whatever you know, whatever your definition of success is. Mm. So walking in your own power and being okay with who you are is going to be key. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So uh, one more time before we close, where people can find you is where? Yes, you can find me on my website at www.beverlywalthour.com. You can also find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Beverly Walthour. And the book is called? The book is called Tying the Knot Between Ministry and the Marketplace. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, I would definitely make sure we put all this in the show notes. But um, as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.